Hello, 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 hello. Howdy, folks. John Hudson here. I'm back for week, what, 13? Is this week 13? Am I counting right? Week 13 of Techno Monking. Very exciting. I hope you're all doing well. Working on projects or things that you want to be doing in your life. Or, you know, just living, being happy. In the end, it's not about doing projects. I believe I talked about this a few weeks back, but... One of the biggest pitfalls, I think, of all this productivity stuff, all these silly websites, and all the books you can buy and read, and all the gurus you can go to seminars on who will change your life. Like, the one of the big flaws here is the focus on projects. Like, obviously... In your life, you need to get some things done. Some things need to get done. And depending on where you work, you may have certain projects that are under your jurisdiction entirely that you do need to focus on. But by and large, projects don't make everyone happy. Finishing things or making things, really. Or just like anything, like managing people. That these are all things that only make specific people happy, you know? What, it's a minute and a half in and I'm already preaching? Is that what's going on here? Um, I think my point in, in the end is that all this talk about being productive or being efficient or whatever you want to say about getting things done this is the important part is being happy first of all and if you're the kind of person who is most happy watching game of thrones then more power to you i mean go to work and make money but when you get home uh sit down and watch some tv eat some popcorn if you're the kind of person who is most happy when you're raising a family and cooking for them and and cleaning up after them then do that <laughs> if you're uh, I don't know if you're happiest when you're reading a book or if you're happiest when you're playing World of Warcraft or if you're happiest making podcasts or listening to podcasts then just do that thing in the end it's your life, like, you need to be happy. That's the takeaway. That's the takeaaway from this whole podcast. Try, try being a little bit more happy in your daily life. I'm drinking my coffee with milk today, because, uh, my, what is my app called? Calorie Counter Pro? My food logging app tells me that I need more calcium in my life. And you know what? fair play to you. I take your criticism and uh, I will apply it to myself. So what's new? What's new? Let's see.
Well, this is kind of mundane, but I'm starting to move Habitica onto my phone instead of leaving it in a browser tab on my computer. Habitica, again, being the real-life RPG kind of website that I'm using as the center of my whole system right now. For the most part in the past, I've kept it as, as it is as a website in my browser on my uh, laptop here. And that means that it's always there in front of me, that when I'm sitting with like my uh, projects out in front of me, my project files, it'll be right there next to me. And if I get home after work and I'm exhausted and I kind of want to watch YouTube, it'll be right there being like, wait a minute, you have other things to do first. A constant companion, which is one of the reasons I've kept it as a browser tab all this time. And maybe I should go back to that, but I've been, I've started using it on my phone instead. They, there's also a Habitica app, as well as the website. And so, I mean, the nice thing about the app is that I can use it when I'm away from home, outside of internet range. Wi-Fi, that is. Wi-Fi range. And that's, that's pretty helpful. So, for the moment, I've kind of switched over there. That's not really a life hack or anything. I mean, in the end, I'm just kind of changing things up. Oh, so I did this this week. I'm not sure... I'm not sure if any of the people who listen to this are, like, super productivity-like nerds. If, if you spent, like, hours poring over these websites, or, like, reading a couple books couple of the good good books but I tend to there's a certain way that I I tend to uh, get myself thinking about my direction in life like obviously you have you have a couple different levels a couple different layers David Allen would say you have different altitudes of how you think about your life as if you're in a plane like on the runway you're kind of just on the ground working things out. You're actually doing the work that you've, you have a whole system set up to, to figure out. And then at like 10,000 feet and 20,000 feet, you have different levels of, of perspective. Like you, at a certain point, like maybe in your mornings, you can wake up and say, what should I do today? And look at your current projects and say, well, this needs to get done this week, so why don't I do this one task right now that will further that project? And then you keep going up and up and up until you're up in the clouds and you're just like, wow, look at my life. What am I? What will I be doing next year? What will I be doing in five years? And it's all ridiculous. But one of the little tricks that I use on myself to get into that mode, to get into... Um, the idea of like where I want to be in the future is I come up with these little phrases. They're sort of like self-actualization phrases. Like they're just these things that in the end, hmm, they just get my, my brain kind of rolling in that direction. And right now, my, my current phrase, these kind of go in and out. Like I use a phrase and then after a while, like it just is boring and I move on. It's not interesting anymore. It doesn't hit like my that nerve in me that's like, wait, what? What am I doing? 
And right now my phrase is best possible self. Best possible self. This is something that I was kind of saying to myself driving to work the other day, and it keeps bringing up these ideas of what I want to be doing and what, like, in the end, like, what makes me feel good when I do it and what makes me feel bad. Um, Yeah, I mean, and out of that, I can kind of draw basic assumptions about what I should be should be doing and what I could maybe get rid of in my life <laughs> like for instance on a whim just recently I got uh, HBO now which is is a blast I I've been meaning to watch so many shows on HBO and I haven't been able to yet and so I'm in the free trial period right now for HBO now and we've been watching Joel and I have been watching a bit of like last week tonight with John Oliver and we have uh, I, I need to catch up on things like Deadwood maybe watch Oz I think Girls is on HBO I don't, I don't know about that but Game of Thrones might be something to jump into at some point although I think maybe I'll watch I'll, I might just read be like a freaking nerd or a contrarian and just read the books instead instead of watching the TV show but uh, there's so much on there that I need to watch but at the same time I don't I've said this before but I don't get like a huge amount of satisfaction out of sitting down and watching a thing YouTube being a great example of this like it's this sitting down and watching is certainly like mollifying but it's not it's not hugely satisfying I don't get up afterwards and feel like oh yeah yeah life is good There might be a certain period, like maybe 40 minutes of watching video or sitting down and taking a break and watching something. There might be a certain little window there where it is satisfying, where I get like a peak amount of satisfaction out of watching a thing. That might be interesting to kind of delve out. But nonetheless, I just on a whim I got HBO now and I'm thinking (laughs) as I was in the car like saying best possible self hmm best possible self it's occurring to me that maybe I should get rid of that before I uh, dive too deeply into this whole world I think this is a sort of controversial idea this idea that like media shouldn't consume you i mean it it seems it seems like the the right place to be to be like well i don't watch tv all the time or i don't always watch movies even with books it's i think it's good to have like some sort of moderation there but in the end our our culture i think is aimed more at feeding us media it's about 
giving us enough media that we will will be able to sit down and watch things for the rest of our lives. Like that's that's sort of the point. And out of that, like the inherent assumption there is that media is satisfying, that media is the the best thing for you. That's maybe a little bit not derivative, but that might be a little misleading. Like in the end I think if you look at this socially, like media is the best at something, but that something is uh, like stapling people to their sofas, you know? That's that's what it's good for. And now I sound like a conspiracy theorist again. What am I? What am I? All I'm really saying is media doesn't satisfy me like maybe I'm told it should or like it satisfies other people. And I think that's enough of a reason to postpone catching up on HBO until I have, like, someone to watch it with. And coming back to my, like, social limitation. In the end, I think maybe watching media should be about sharing an experience with another person. Okay, enough of that, enough of that. So best possible self, this got me kind of thinking what I want to be doing and also like what, I mean, in the end it kind of lined up with the direction I've been aiming this podcast in, which is getting into a routine of programming uh, computer things like uh, either scripts within my computer system to kind of loosen things up or, or like automate things or... Uh, I mean, so many other directions, too. And right now, the thing that's really hitting me that I really want to do is uh, apps, phone apps. I've been... I mean, I'm really, really beginning to love this phone that I have, this Moto G, which is an Android phone. And I'm thinking that I'm going to try writing Android apps. I've been putting a bit of time into this and trying to figure it out. And that's, I think that's my first best direction. I mean, that answers a lot of questions I've been pondering over the past couple of weeks. Like, how, how do I get into a place where I can be paid to program? Does that make sense? Or how do I get to a place where I'm competent in a given computer programming language? And... I think, well, I mean, the obvious answer is I need to go out and work. I need to go out and and write code. And I think this is a good direction to go in, first of all. There's also, like, going to school, and that's something I'm working towards. But right now, I still need to just code. I need to sit down and write things. And I think applications are, like, maybe the first best direction I can go in. I'm liking it. There are a couple drawbacks. I mean, I've been trying to figure it all out. Um, And for one, Android apps are all written in Java, which is unfortunate. (laughs) I've been spending a good amount of my, the last few months working in Python, trying to 
to really get all the little nooks and crannies of Python and to, to start thinking that way. And Python is a wonderful language that can be ported into Java, like it can be sort of like transcribed into Java language. But it's, in the end, if I'm going to be writing Android apps, I need to learn Java instead. And that's not a problem. Like, I've, I have done a couple programming courses, like computer science courses in Java. So I'm familiar with the language. I just need to uh, refresh myself on all the little syntax things and then just get rolling. So that's, that's the first little quirk. Like, I'm going to have to... It, this was bound to happen, but... I'm going to need to know a couple different languages in order to move forward as a programmer. In my ideal head, I was hoping maybe, you know, what if I only knew Python? Then, uh, I mean, Python is so versatile that maybe I could get away with just knowing Python. No, not the case. Oh, the second part is, I've been trying to figure out where I can really code like anything really I've my setup right now is I have a MacBook from from film school that I uh, that I've had for years it's a 2007 MacBook it is just barely holding on it's it's I mean it's still really powerful as far as the laptops go and it I mean it's still holding up I I'm taking care of it and it's uh it's probably still got another year or two left in it. Um, that's sort of my desktop thing, where I'm just leaving it sit on the desk here, connected to a monitor and a, a little mouse. And that's like what I record podcasts on and all this shit. And then my daily carries are a Chromebook, which is a laptop that's basically all a browser. It's like nothing except a browser. And my phone. These are like the, the biggest, most complicated computers I have with me. So I've been trying to figure out how to, how to use this setup to code. I also have, I mean, recently I bought myself a Raspberry Pi, which if you don't know what those are, they're actually kind of cool. They're these little bitty, like a computer on a little three by five inch board. It's like a tiny computer and it costs something like 30 or 40 bucks. It's, it's the sort of like DIY computer that you can do almost anything with. You can plug it into a, a robot that you're making or you can do something like I'm going to do, which is connect it, just connect it via a cord to your router and use it as a server, as your own personal server. This is how I'm going to use it. And so I, I bought this a while back and I've never been sure what to do with it. And so, okay, the problem here, if I'm trying to write Java applications, or I mean Android apps in Java, I need a computer that, to do that on, right? A computer that can handle the uh, application, which is called an IDE. And what is it? Integrated? No. Integrated Development Environment? An IDE, which is what you code things in, basically. Um, and I need a place to do this. I mean, I can't do that on my MacBook because it's so old. 
And at this point I can't really do it on my Chromebook because my Chromebook is, again, basically just a computer with a browser. It's a screen with a browser and like no applications in it. Um, there's of course an asterisk there, which we'll return to. My smartphone could maybe be able to code things and could handle some of these things. I mean, there are really wonderful um, websites that give you access to cloud like server stuff. I mean, access to a cloud somewhere where you can basically hope you can be holding all basically holding all of your code and like letting your code test itself out there somewhere and then you can be writing your code on like in a browser somewhere or on your phone and all the grunt work would be done in a great big server off in some magical place. trying to figure out where to freaking code things. And the first option I had was this Raspberry Pi, this little bitty computer. I could simply plug it into my router, set up a server on it, and download the uh, Java IDE into it, and then remote access into it via like my Chromebook. And then I'll be able to basically code from my Chromebook into this, this uh, server, this personal server that I have. And that's, that's pretty, pretty nice. I mean, that works out pretty well. And in the end, I think I'm going to do that partly. At the very least, I'm going to host a server on this Raspberry Pi and see what happens. See what I can do with it. Just play around with it. But I think I've come to the point actually where I'm going to sort of hack my Chromebook. One of the... Okay. So this is all like computer nerd stuff, but one of the cool things about a Chromebook is that it's it's a very secure setup. The the way that it's created is the software is like put onto the into memory as the computer is being made in the factory and then from there like that that program the the uh, OS, the operating system on a Chromebook is actually kind of layered and so this base layer of whatever like powers chrome of this operating system is laid on in the factory and then after that you can't ever touch that layer like what happens i mean obviously you have to update this software sometime and you have to patch little bugs or or just add new things new cool things and the way that that works is like this this base layer of chrome chrome os is underneath everything and is never really touched but it holds everything in what what are called sandboxes like you all of the pieces of of the os that can be changed are all kept in little bubbles that you can't 
that can't really affect anything else. I mean, they can interact a little bit with very specific rules, but really they're just a little bubble. And what that means is if, if one of these little bubbles in the operating system gets a virus downloaded into it or is corrupted somehow, like it can't change anything outside the bubble. And this is fantastic. I mean, this means that the base level, the base layer of Chromebook is very, very safe. It means that like being on like the Starbucks Wi-Fi where you don't know who's like sniffing your, your information or who's messing around with your computer or like pretending it's the, it's the router and like Take, taking your information from it or sending you false information. In the end, this this setup, which is kind of like an onion again, like the setup where the only things that can change are kept in these low secure bubbles, is super safe and it lets you be on in sort of risky situations without worrying too much. Okay, all that to say, the the option that I've been playing with in my head and that I'm going to work out in the coming week is I'm going to put my Chromebook into dev mode, developer mode. And that means it's going to be a lot less safe. Like it's, I'm going to, it's going to allow me to install things like applications, which as a, as a rule is something you're not supposed to do on your Chromebook. And that's what makes it so safe because you can never like, in order to download something onto your computer, you have to give this application root access, access to everything on your computer, basically. That's, that's a risky thing that you can't really get around. Like, there, there are, like, super computer nerd, like, cryptography kind of ways to make sure that you're always getting a, uh, a package or a program that is from the person who wrote it and not from like a, a sneaky bad guy or like computer hacker or something. There are ways to do that, to double check. But in the end, there's always an inherent risk to downloading applications and letting, giving them access to your, your hard drive, basically. And so by putting my Chromebook into developer mode, I'm sort of opening myself up to this risk again. But I'm realizing that like, I'm already super safe about my Chromebook. Like this was one of the things, like I, my Chromebook in my head has always been a place where, like a computer that I can use anywhere, that I can use in risky situations. I can use it to grab Wi-Fi in the hotel lobby of like a film festival where I know that maybe I'm at a huge risk of downloading a virus or something, but the fact that it's, I'm using my Chromebook, the fact that I can't, I don't really download applications or download files at all, in the end, I'm safe because of this little bubble. And in my head, that's what Chromebook has been to me this whole time. But I think I'm going to change that up 
partly because, well, for one, I have a smartphone now, which smartphones, this is how smartphones are supposed to be. Smart Smartphones, especially as, as these companies that make them get better and better at, sa at like security and safety. Like smartphones are meant to be sort of, <laughs> in a word, like compromisable. That is, they're meant to be able to withstand risky situations and to, I mean, you're meant to expect to be in a risky situation and to potentially, like, be corrupted somehow. And that's, and out of that expectation, you're not, like, giving in and being like, well, fine, if we're going to download a virus, why don't we download them all? You're saying, much like Chromebook, like, okay, if we're going to download viruses, and the main way that we download viruses is, like, via these applications, then let's set up certain rules, and let's, when we download a thing, let's keep it in a bubble, let's partition it apart from everything else, and find ways to be safe about it. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing, and in the end, that's, I think that's what my phone should be for. I'm, I'm realizing that right now I have two devices that I've been thinking both need to be uh, very safe devices. I have two devices that I want to be able to use almost anywhere, and I want to almost forget about the safe, the security because it's each device is secure completely. And I, in the end, I only need one of those devices. And so I'm finding, I think I'm going to put my Chromebook into developer mode, developer mode, even though it's, it makes it a little bit more susceptible to, to, uh, dangerous things. Like in the end, I'm still very safe with this thing. This is just me talking shit out, I think. But it's all like technology shit. So you're all like techno psychiatrists. What do you think of that? That's kind of cool. 
Unfortunately, Technopsychiatry is open source, so you're not really going to get any money. But, you know, thanks for listening. <sighs> so, okay, in the end, this is the answer I, I have for myself after repeatedly saying to myself, best possible self. What, what does that mean to me? What do, what is my best possible self right now? And I think it is writing Android applications on my Chromebook and then maybe like plugging them in somewhere, like keeping them on my Raspberry Pi server. So the whole point of this, the whole point of setting up a Java IDE on a computer somewhere so that I can code, or the goal I have for myself is to make an application every either week or every couple weeks, which <laughs> uh, gets back to another element of me, which is this crazy talk kind of stuff where I say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. For, I'm, I'm going to do this crazy thing. I'm going to do it in a tiny amount of time. And everyone around me is like, John, why? You, that's really, really difficult to do. You're kind of simplifying everything here. But nope, nope, you know what? I, I'm going to start small with like just little like flashcard kind of applications just to kind of get the ball rolling. But no, I'm going to try to do a Java app every week. an experience and let's let's see what happens with it and honestly I need to I need to like set up uh, Java studio is that what it's called the development environment I need to set that up on my Chromebook and I need to refresh myself on Java syntax and I need to figure out all of the little modules and libraries that Java uses or that Android uses with Java in order to um, make its applications and, and just get the ball rolling. I'm gonna have to learn all this stuff, so I'm not sure that like by this time next week I'll have an application. Wow. Um, but yeah, this is this is my plan. My answer to the best possible self quandary is, you know what? I am going to set myself up and I'm gonna start making these these silly little applications that I can use on my Android phone. Things that I would find useful and maybe things 
that already exist in better formats, but that I, I want to make myself. And so, that's me. That's, that's me, and that's this week, I think. Yikes. Well, okay, that kind of ended on an inspirational moment. What do you guys think? What do you, uh, how do you feel about the best possible self idea? Like when you think of your best possible self, what do you imagine? I mean, it's, that's not a, a bad thing to sit here and say, this is how I imagine myself ideally. That's not bad at all. What the, the dangerous part is sitting forever in that, in that idea, just daydreaming all your life. That, that is dangerous. But you know what, I would, I would say if you have a moment, or five, then think about your best possible self this week sometime. And once you have a clear, clear picture in your head of maybe what you'd like to do or the many little things you'd love to do, then uh, think about like what your next steps are, like what you need to do to move towards that. That's what I've been doing, and it's it's actually kind of fun. But now I'm uh, going to get my head out of the clouds for a little bit and start pushing through setting up my computer to program, program, program. That's me. That is my answer to the question. Well, I hope you guys are having a good week, and I hope it gets better from here. Or the same, if it's like the best week possible, then maybe it stays the same, I don't know. All right, so, goodbye. This is an experiment, folks. I don't know how this works, and uh, neither does anyone else. But until next week, have a good life. <laughs>